ASAP. It's Good Friday, so Good Friday to you. Good, Good Friday. Thank you, Jonathan. It is a good, good Friday. And it is good, good to be with you. It is good, good to be with you, too. (laughs) (laughs) Well, despite, despite our persistent silliness, today is one of the more somber days in our faith tradition. And so I thought it'd be appropriate to jump right to our scripture passage for today. Seth and I are going to take a shot reading Psalm 22. Uh, It's a little bit longer text, so we've broken it up. You'll hear both of our voices in the reading. But you'll probably recognize, at least in some form, the first verse that's relevant to this day. This is the psalm that Jesus quotes from the cross. And so as we read this, we invite, invite you, Seth, I'll invite myself and invite all our listeners to think about what may have been going through Jesus' mind when he cried these words from the cross. This is Psalm 22 from the Common English Bible. The superscription is for the music leader, according to the Doe of Dawn, a Psalm of David. My God, my God, why have you left me all alone? Why are you so far from saving me, so far from my anguished groans? My God, I cry out during the day, but you don't answer. Even at night time, I don't sleep. You are the Holy One enthroned. You are Israel's praise. Our ancestors trusted you. They trusted you and you rescued them. They cried out to you and they were saved. They trusted you and they weren't ashamed. But I'm just a worm less than human, insulted by one person, despised by another. All who see me make fun of me. They gape, shaking their heads. He committed himself to the Lord, so let God rescue him. Let God deliver him, because God likes him so much. You are the one who pulled me from the womb, placing me safely at my mother's breasts. I was thrown on you from birth. You've been my God since I was in my mother's womb. Please don't be far from me because trouble is near and there is no one to help. Many bulls surround me, mighty bulls from Bashan encircle me. They open their mouths at me like a lion ripping and roaring. I'm poured out like water. All my bones have fallen apart. My heart is like wax. It melts inside me. My strength is dried up like a piece of broken pottery. My tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth. You set me down in the dirt of death. Dogs surround me. A pack of evil people circle me like a lion. Oh, my poor hands and feet. I can count all my bones. Meanwhile, they just stare at me, watching me. They divvy up my garments among themselves. They cast lots for my clothes. But you, Lord, don't be far away. You are my strength. Come quick and help me. Deliver me from the sword. Deliver my life from the power of the dog. Save me from the mouth of the lion, from the horns of the wild oxen. You have answered me. I will declare your name to my brothers and sisters. I will praise you in the very center of the congregation. All of you who revere the Lord, praise him. 
all of you who are Jacob's descendants. Honor him, all of you who are Israel's offspring. Stand in awe of him, because he didn't despise or detest the suffering of the one who suffered. He didn't hide his face from me. No, he listened when I cried out to him for help. I offer praise in the great congregation because of you. I will fulfill my promises in the presence of those who honor God. Let all those who are suffering eat and be full. Let all who seek the Lord praise him. I pray your hearts live forever. Every part of the earth will remember and come back to the Lord. Every family among all the nations will worship you. Because the right to rule belongs to the Lord, he rules all nations. Indeed, all the earth's powerful will worship him. All who are descending to the dust will kneel before him. My being also lives for him. Future descendants will serve him. Generations to come will be told about my Lord. They will proclaim God's righteousness to those not yet born, telling them what God has done. I'm not sure I know what to say. It's astounding to read this and remember that it was written centuries prior to the happenings that we remember and recall on Good Friday. And I think part of that is maybe a literary choice (laughs) where the authors of the Gospels want to make these explicit connections to the Hebrew Bible, to these scriptures, this psalm especially about deliverance. But it also speaks a lot to me about who Jesus was, that this is the psalm that came to mind in the depths of agony. And Seth, my question for us today is admittedly not quite as related to our series as some of our other episodes may have been. But my question here is, where is God on Good Friday? And maybe instead of trying to answer that definitively, we can explore a little bit about where we may have been told or where we may have believed that God is present when Jesus is on the cross. For me, God's still present both in the person of Jesus Christ who's hanging on the cross, but also, you know, as God the Father and through the Holy Spirit. It's it's not that God abandons Jesus on the cross, Mm. but rather that Jesus feels completely abandoned. I think that, I mean, for me, that speaks to people who have felt the same. I feel like God has abandoned them. You also want to say, my God, why have you left me all alone? Where are you? I need you right now. But that the absence that we feel isn't always the absence of God. I'm not sure whether that's easy to hear. I think that's pretty hard to hear. Like, oh, you know, you feel like God's not with you? Oh, well, God is. 
But I think for me, that's the fundamental commitment that I have about God, that God never leaves someone alone. Even if, even if we want God to leave us alone. Right. <laughs> right. Well, it feels like a tension between what we know and believe to be theologically correct and what commitments we may have as pastor, as yeah. caregiver. <laughs> yeah. And what yes. a powerful statement to say to someone who says, it feels like God's abandoned me, to be able to say, God knows what that feels like too. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's this really? it's this profound mystery that honestly just kind of has me spiraling a little bit in the best way, I think. But so yeah. I, I think what you highlighted there, this this tension that for whatever reason we seek to separate out some aspect of God's personhood not not envision the fullness of God on the cross portray some sort of separation I don't know I've heard that portrayed too and yeah. we often often very often hear even in our traditions that God orchestrated the cross that God implemented the cross that Jesus had to die on the cross I think the cross is incredibly significant Seth I think it is it is a moment of art that is vital and central to our salvation, to the ability to live a life liberated by the Holy Spirit. But I have a really hard time affirming that God orchestrated the death machine of empire yeah. that didn't just affect Jesus. You know, someone didn't innovate the cross when Jesus was born. We're like, we've got to do something special for this guy. This is this is an instrument of torture that was used by the empire. Yeah, and most often on people who were already oppressed, who were slaves. And... There's the tension here, right? Is we have found life in Christ's death. And there's so much temptation to claim that same kind of power the same power that put Christ on the cross, the same fear that could not withstand prophetic criticism. Hmm. There's a lot of that going around in the church. There's a lot of that going on in my own heart. Me too. Where we try to shut down and kill that which exposes who we really are. And I think that's a lot of what Jesus did. Jesus showed a new way, a way of love, a way of welcome. A way that didn't rely on power or domination to build community. And it threatened the powers and the dominators so much that they killed him for it. And all the good that has been brought about by Jesus' execution does not force us to say that Christ's execution was good, that the cross was good. And I think that's where I'm challenged today is to remember the ways that suffering, though it may produce good, 
objectively, if that's even possible, it is still suffering. Hmm. And what a gift that Christ showed us that even the craftiest, most wicked powers of the empire have nothing on God. <laughs> Does any of that resonate with you? Are you writing up writing up my letter of heresy to the <laughs> to my bishop or something like that? Not for if this, I, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say if I did I'd have to CC mine on there too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but uh but I'm thinking especially about the way we name this Good Friday. Like, is that really the best name? I guess I get you know, why we've named it that. Like you were saying, like what comes out of Jesus' death on the cross is good. But it's difficult, if not impossible, to call his crucifixion itself good. And I just wonder if maybe, you know, if Gruesome Friday isn't a better name for today. Mm. Like something that gets at the pain, the deep physical pain and psychological pain. Like we see in Psalm 22 when Jesus cries out this deep, even spiritual pain. He feels abandoned. Like, it's really gruesome, and it's hard to paint any of that as good. I always think the challenge for me on Good Friday is to sit in Good Friday and not to rush to Easter. I think that's always my temptation, is to be like, oh, oh, I've read to the end of this book. You know, I know how it ends. But the challenge for me is to is to think and be like the disciples who even though he kept who even though Jesus kept telling them you know I will I will rise again I will destroy the temple and raise it up in three days like they don't really get it and when Jesus is crucified they think that's the end and you know my challenge is to sort of sit in that space with them you know, not knowing when the the pain of the loss will end. Well, Seth, can I offer us a prayer to help us hold the space of Good Friday today? That would be wonderful. This is a prayer adapted from our friends at Enfleshed. Let's pray. We will not look to the cross for what saves us. Let us refuse to glorify empire's violence or try to blunt its terror. Surely the stomach of God turns at every prayer casting this tragedy in their name. This is a day for bearing witness to all the lives and life destroyed through theologies of dominance, institutional sacrifices, imperial and colonizing forces, and stories that sabotage from the inside out. Land and peoples, spirits and futures, creatures and communities. Blessed is this flesh of God. We remember, we weep, we remain followers of defiant love. Amen.
Amen. Amen. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. We're back on Sunday with our podcast episode for Easter. We can't wait for that. But Jonathan, thanks for walking us through that story. Thanks for helping me tell it.